0: He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. To our, our guests and the visitors, I want to apologize. If you follow by the program, our Holy Spirit got excited in me. And so there's an answer there. It says, subject to be changed by, by the Holy Ghost. And so uh, we're going to move to the message. Amen. So if you can join me again in opening up your Bibles to Luke, 8th chapter. We'll be looking at these verses five to 15. I'm going to read in our hearing, beginning at verse 11. We thank you uh, for the earlier of our scripture reading to help prepare our hearts. Now we will get to the latter part of this text. Luke, eighth chapter, verses five to 15. We left off at verse 8. I will pick up at verse 9, reading from the New Living Translation. If you don't have it, say, hold on. All right, amen. Since you're all there, let us begin. Keep your Bible open. Hopefully you arrive to the same conclusion because we'll stay right here. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. And when they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Praise God for His word. You may be seated as you take your seat. Help me announce this title to your neighbor. Tell them a healthy heart, a healthy healthy disciple. Amen. Amen. A healthy heart, a healthy disciple. When we think about a healthy heart, a lot of things can come to mind. Uh, There's a commercial out there that talks about a certain cereal that you should eat if you want a healthy heart. And one thing I like about this commercial, this one particular commercial, this little girl asked her mom, "Does this make a healthy heart?" She said, "Yes." So she went and poured all the cereal on top of Dad's heart. Because the daughter wanted daddy to have a healthy heart. But I want to highlight, though, that her intentions were good. But yet that did not help the daddy. The only way it would benefit him if he allowed the cereal to get in. Y'all with me here? that only once he digested it, then he will really receive all the nutrition and the value that is required in order to benefit his health. Can I help somebody out? That you can hear the word, but if you never receive the word, you never fully digest the word and let it get into your heart, you're not going to get the benefits that can come. Just the same as when you go to the doctor, the doctor tells you what's wrong with you and the medicine you need to take. But if you never take the medicine, you're going to keep on coming back to the doctor with the same problems. And he's going to keep on telling you the same solution. Y'all quiet on me. I got some bad patients in the house. Hopefully by the end you're going to get better. Because many of us stay sick, we stay ill because we don't do what we know we should do in order to be healthy. We know the healthy foods, but I'm going to have these foods today because it's my birthday. Why why is every day your birthday, right? I deserve it. And, And so when we look at what we need to do, we need to look at these four soils and recognize how they can be four groups of people and how I can find which category do I fit in. Are you the roadside people, the wayside people? Heard, but did not take hold. says that those besides the road and those who have heard, then the devil comes, watch out, and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Can I highlight unto you that the devil doesn't want you to know the truth? And so if he can take it, he will in order for him to destroy it, he first has to take it. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. It's hard to destroy something that's in your possession. Can I say that again? It's hard to destroy something that's in your possession. For example, I cannot destroy your TV if it's in your house and I'm at my house. But if I take your TV and bring it back to my house where well, I stole it, then I can destroy it. You see, the devil's trying to steal what you have so he can destroy it, so you cannot get the benefits that God wants to give you. Can I help somebody and let you know that God wants to give you some benefits? I'm going to throw this one in for free. Many of us want jobs, and we want jobs that not not only pay us, but give us benefits. God says, I'm already going to give you mm, benefits. He wants to give us what we're already looking for. You're looking for benefits. God said, I have everything that you need. And since, the, check it out, since the word did not take hold because they did not believe, they heard the word, but their faith was lacking. Their lack of faith was because their lack of hearing. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. A lot of people are not believing because they're not hearing the word of Christ. And we, if we are disciples, we should be living examples of the word so that somebody might be able to see the word and also hear the word. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? This is why disciples must know and live the word. Because there's some people on the roadside that are looking for some examples. And some of them on the roadside, on the wayside, because they got bad directions. Some bad examples. We as followers of Christ need to correct that. We need to display and speak truth that shows the true light. We know some folks that we know we were bad examples to, that we became saved and we got on fire for the Lord, but we go back and see our friends and they're doing the same stuff that we used to do with them. Yeah, 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 I said it. We, we come back and we act, we always been saved, but we never got caught up. But they're doing the same stuff that we used to do with them, and then now we want to put our nose down on them instead of build them up and say, I've been saved. I, I've been changed. Yes, we used to go out to the club. We used to go out and get drunk. But since I've been saved, i changed my character. i changed my walk. And now they're opening up to hear the truth that's coming from you because what? They're going to believe what they see. And you are the closest example that they have. But yet, when we look at them on the roadside, right, they're not believing because they have not seen anything to believe in. So, our behavior, our behavior should reflect how we trust the Lord. So, those on the roadside, on the wayside, might become softer and more applicable to the word. So that the followers of Christ can demonstrate a life of obedience and fruit. And they say, you know what? I want that too. Just like any other farmer that's planting in their ground, they see somebody else having good produce and good product, they're like, I want that too. Amen. We too need to demonstrate a way that people become attracted and so say, you know what, I want that. I want to know what it means to have peace. I want to know what it means to know joy. I want to know what it means in the midst of trials and tribulations to hold out until my change comes. But the rocky people, rocky people are, hear the word, and it sounds good to them. And and they like what they hear because it benefits them. Those on the rocky star are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and they and these have no firm root though. For they believe for how long? A little while. And in time of temptation they fall away. So the road people never get root, never see any product, never see any produce. They just simply hear it, but they, they, they really don't receive it. They say like, whatever, to where I didn't take it, I'm not going to hold on to it. But the, those on the rocky soil, hearing it like, it sounds pretty good. But once temptation comes, like, nah, I'm going back to what I know. We need to be careful that we're not rocky. When you're on, 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 on a rocking boat, that means it's not stable. And when you're on rocky ground, that means it's not fertile. And therefore, there's not an opportunity for it to have root and for it to have produce and for it to grow. There's some people in our lives that we know that are on rocket that you tell them truth, they're here for a little while, but once temptation comes, they fall back onto those same habits. And I talked to somebody here this morning that you share with somebody how they need to increase and in love and be more patient in their relationship with their loved one, but yet they fall back to the old habits that they start cursing, they start beating, they start doing all kinds of things, and they come back to you telling what happened, and they want to blame somebody else. And they Stop looking at the subject because they did not take root. Oh, yeah. Let me have somebody, some of us say, well, that's not me. Well, if you look in the mirror long enough, you might find out that there's some word of God that has not taken root in your life because you keep on doing the same old thing. How you say you love God, but yet every time somebody gets on your last, and you're ready to curse them out. When the Bible says that you to, in order to love God, you must also love whom you see. Because how can you say you love God whom you don't see but hate your brother who you see every day? And you say, I don't hate my brother, but every time you kill them in your head, that's hatred. And, and, and when we are doing that to one another, we're, allowed, we're not really letting the word of God take root in our hearts. Another opportunity is when we don't let the root of God, the, uh, the root and the word of God to take root in our lives, and we don't forgive. Tell somebody, it's going to take me a while to forgive you. Now. I hear what you're saying. It's going to take a while for me to forgive you. What if God told you that? Lord, forgive me. He said it's going to take a while. How long, God? Because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Am I right about it? And so if God does not forgive us when we confess, what's the purpose of confessing? But he said he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so when we allow the word of God get in us, we realize that I have no choice but to forgive my brothers and my sisters. Because those on rocky ground oftentimes, many times, are those who fell away from the church because somebody was not forgiven towards them. They came into the church to be a disciple. But those who said they were disciples did not disciple them. Instead, they talked about them. Instead, they ridiculed them. Instead of praying for them, they pushed them out to the side. When they walked in, they never shook your hand. They went to shake somebody else's hand because they knew them longer. What kind of fellowship is that? That when we are supposed to be the lover of Christ and show the love of Christ, that we choose who we want to love. If I remember in my Bible correctly, if y'all read the same Bible, I think we see the same. They said, for God so loved the world. He did not define who he did not love. He said, I love the world, so I gave my son so that the world might be saved. But the, cho- the choice belonged to the people if they were going to receive the word. But God gave the word. You see clearly here, the seed is being given. The word is being given. But yet it's the hearts that's rejecting the word. The rocky people fall back on their sinful habits. Not allowing the word to take root. In their lives. Watch out, somebody, you might be sitting next to somebody's on rocky ground. That they think they're doing all right, but they stop taking the medicine. And once they stop taking the medicine, they start wondering why their heart starts hurting, wondering why they start feeling kind of flushed, wondering why they're having a the temperature breaking out in cold sweats. And somebody says, I know those symptoms. Can you lift your hands? You know, there's a test you can see if somebody's having a heart attack. And they say, I noticed, let me see you. Say, what's wrong? You got a heart issue. And when we have a heart issue, it's hard to get everything else right. If your heart's not working right, it don't matter how how fast you can run. It doesn't matter how well you can swim. It doesn't matter how high you can jump when your heart's not well. There's little things that you can do. Those on rocky ground thought their heart was good, but things just didn't work out because it didn't take root. So now they have nothing to show for it. So listen to this. Psalms 119 says, even the psalmist knew this when he wrote, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. He understood, the psalmist understood, that I cannot just have it for a little while. I have to have it for a long while. Even Jesus pointed out to us when he was being tempted in the wilderness. He answered, said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Even Jesus pointed out to us that in times of temptation, hello, am I talking to somebody? In times of temptation, that's the time I need to fall back on the Word. But we see here that the Rocky people, they could not hold on to the Word because it did not get into their heart. So in time of temptation, they fell into sin. We sing that song, yield not into temptation, for yielding is sin. But when we have the word of God hidden upon our heart, it's easy not to yield into temptation, not to submit. Because, you know, i rather trust Jesus. i rather believe in him. I'd rather hold on till my change comes and give in to some temporary pleasure. All right. That's the rocky people. Then those who are among the thorns. The thorns of life are the irritants in life that stifle growth and production in people's lives. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Therefore, since we have, seen, have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Can I highlight again, it says, Let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us. The Disciples of Christ should know how to remove the irritants and thorns of life. They will not allow them to stop them from running the race. Jesus teaches in the parable that the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And so as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and brings no fruit to true maturity. Can I highlight and point out to us that we had good intentions? We were running well. And then something came up. What came up? Those thorns. The riches, the glory. Things that took our eyes off the prize. Same thing. As you think about it. How many here love a rose? But when you get a rose bouquet, they take the thorns off. They take the thorns off so you can fully enjoy the rose and not get pricked. Because the thorn is there to prevent those other creatures that don't come in to eat them up. I have a knockout thorn uh, rose bush in my front yard, and it's grown pretty big. It's about three feet high, and it's very wide. But I see birds fly in and fly out, and I'm thinking about how those birds can maneuver to get in between those thorns and get in and get out because I can barely cut it without getting cut by a thorn. But these birds can get in. And I, I started thinking about how those birds know how to use those thorns to protect them so it will entangle those that try to come after it. The same way those same thorns also prevent weeds from coming up between the rows and soaking up and taking all its nutrition so that it can go. So the thorns are meant to prevent that from coming up. Can I highlight, highlight to somebody that there's some thorns in our lives that we think are helping us? But they're really hurting us. These thorns, you think, look good and protect us, but they're preventing us from truly receiving what God has for us. What are these thorns? What are these irritants? They are our worries. They are our troubles. They're, think about these are the worries that we have. This economy situation that we have, so many of us are so concerned about our next paycheck that we forget how to pay our bills. We don't pay our bills because we're so concerned at this check, and I want to do something, right? I want to go to the movies. I want to go on my cruise. I will take this, and I know that they're going to give me another month, right? So I'll miss this month's payment, and I'll make it up. But next thing that happens, right, you miss next month's payment. Now you got to go get a loan. You see that commercial, get your this back. And you get this back, or we take this back, and you say, you know what, I'll go do that because they're going to pay me now, and I'll pay them later. So you go ahead and do that. Now you're in further debt. Now comes the time your car breaks down, and you don't have money to get your car, but you say, I want to get a new car. So you go apply for the loan and say your credit's bad. And you say, well, why is my credit bad? Because you owe all this money. But it all started back when you just wanted to enjoy life. Y'all see how it easily entangles us and brings us down? Let me talk to some of the young people here. The young people, this is how they get you. You go to college on college day, and they give you our free T-shirts, give you our free hats, and say, sign up for this credit card. You say, woo! And they get you because you got good credit because you have no credit. And they give you a credit card that's giving you $3,000. You say, I got $3,000. Woo! This is spring trip money. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm buying my plane. I'm not worried about it. So you're paying off this credit card, and you go ahead and go. You continue on the car. You graduate. Now you got to pay for your tuition, and you got to pay for that credit card bill you never paid on. Now you're trying to get a job and buy a house, but your credit is so bad, all you can afford is a one-bedroom apartment that you're sharing with somebody else. Hello, somebody. And you see how you don't see the future of how it's going to drag you down. You just see how temporarily it's going to please you and satisfy you. But it starts strangling you and choking you up. That when you want to stretch out, when you want to grow, you can't because you're choked. So when you're among the thorns, you got to be careful. With those things you think that's going to benefit you, it's only going to hurt you. Which moves us to the other sort, the healthy heart. The healthy heart is the healthy disciple. Because we don't want to fall on the wayside. We don't want to fall on rocky ground. We don't want to come and grow among the thorns. But get a clean checkup by having the word in your heart. But the seed in good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word. And are honest and a good heart. And hold it fast. And bear fruit with perseverance. What I like How it says that these are the good and the honest heart. Because there's some people that know the word and hear the word, but they don't have a good heart. And they will use the word for their benefit. This is how they use the word for their benefit. I come up to somebody, hey, can I get $100? You know, it's more blessed to give than it's to receive. (laughs) Got you, right? That's what the word says. Now you're feeling guilty, right? That is what the word says. But I don't got 100 to God. Oh, 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 God will bless you. Right, right? Now, now, Now to use the word for their benefit, that's not a good heart. A good heart will look, how can I build you up? Now, how can I get ahead on you? How can I help you out? Now, how can you help me out and I don't help you back? A good heart looks how to lift and build up the garden. seed where the fruit comes, the fruit comes a hundredfold. And, and you know, a farmer plants, he does not plant for himself, he plants for those others. And so what God has given to us is not just for us, but for us to be a blessing to others. When you look at those who did not get it, look what happened. They were selfish. The way side said, "Now nah, it's not for me. The other side said, you know, it's good for a little while, but I'm going to fall back to what I know. The other one said, ah, I was about to grow, but something else happened. But the good heart says, Lord, I surrender. To have a healthy heart, remember, you have to first let it get in. You got to let the medicine in. And, and, and many of us know that we hate taking medicine because medicine does not always taste good. It may not make you feel good, but it's going to feel good later on. And the same thing with this, that God has taken our hearts through therapy. That he knows what we need. Anybody here glad that God knows what you need? Because think about, have, have you ever tried to read one book of the Bible, but you kept on going to another book? He said, I want to sit down and I want to read about Revelation, but God keeps on keeping you in the Gospels. Maybe he wants you to know something more before you get to Revelation. It's amazing, too, how, how you get those, those, you want to read through the Bible in a year, and you keep on falling short, and you fall short on certain areas, and you fall short on certain areas because you don't want to hear what it has to say. You know, like, I don't want to read this. It's going to tell me to be forgiven. No, I'm mad today. It's amazing how we limit ourselves because we don't want to fully receive all that God has. But what God is pointing out to you, what I want to give you is for your benefit. And think about how the healthy heart, it has no thorns. There's no rocks. There's no weeds. It is fertile soil. Can I help somebody out and encourage you? You need to remove everything that's entangling you and ensnaring you and pulling you away from God so that you have full room and opportunity for God to work on you. I'm done now. I want. I want to. I'm going to close with this illustration. Let me give you some background, real. I I was blessed. I went to the state convention. The minister preached on dealing with. uh, I got to give him credit. He dealt with Naaman, and you know Naaman had leprosy, and and he got healed. And he talked about how Naaman was very successful in in the army, but he had some spots. And many of us can be successful in some areas, but we have some spots. And then I heard him say something. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Then the Holy Ghost gave me something. He says, He says, regardless of your spots, and, and, and regardless of we, uh, your spots, and regardless of your success, if you're in God's hands, you're in the right spot. Yes, <laughs> That's what the Holy Ghost gave me. So this is what how it applies to our text. That when you go to the hospital and you are sick and you are ill, you are in one place. You first got to be admitted in. You have to be checked in. You're in the waiting place. You got to be there, and you wait for them to call your name, and then they ask you all kinds of questions. They want to ask you, you know, all, all that person. They want your, your birthday. Who's your insurance? You know, what's going on? What's wrong? Have you done this? Have you got your shots? Are you sick? Are you this? Are you that? And then once you get all that, you say, I'm about to go see that. And no, you need to wait a little bit longer. And now you wait even longer. And then, if it's an emergency, right, then they could take you to a prepping room. Say, now nah, we got to do something. We got to take them out. We got to clean them. We got to scrub them. We got to prepare them for surgery. And if it's real bad, they're going to tear everything off you. But yet, look what happens, though. East Pond, they're trying to put you in a spot or in a position so that they can serve you. They cannot serve you until you're in the right position or in the right spot. Can I look at that, that seed, the, the seed that, that goes into the healthy heart, that spot is cleared out from all obstructions so that the work can be done. The same situation, when they take you into a hospital room, there's not another patient there. That's your bed for you to rest in. And so they put you in your bed, in your room, ready to work on you. And if you've got to go for surgery, you know what? they got a couple of rooms where they got the prep room to scrub you down and prepare you. Then they come in and they'll put all they got to do on you to prepare you. Then they move you into the room for the surgery. But every time they move you, they put you in a position so that they can use you. And then if they have to put you in a space, they got to put you on your side. They got to turn you on your belly. They got to turn you upside down. Whatever they got to do, they're going to do it so that they can work on you. What I'm trying to point out is this, that God wants to work on our hearts. And since he wants to work on our hearts, look at this. It's your responsibility to remove all the obstructions so that you can be in the right spot. And the right spot is a spot of submission. Because I point out that I did not mention did I, that every time you had to go so you had to submit to their questions. And when you submit to their questions, you submit to their instructions. They tell you, go sit here, you go sit. They tell you, go away here, you go away. They say, go into this room, you go into that room. They say, you're going to be at this time, be here at this time, you'll be there at that time. Can I help you out. God tells you the same thing. He tells you where to go. He tells you where to be. He tells you at what time and what to do. And all we gotta do is just trust and obey. And it's amazing, right? When you do what the doctor says and you come out, everything okay. You like you feel better. You feel so much better. Say so I don't know what I waited so long, right? Got a toothache for no reason because you are scared to go to the dentist. But once the toothache's gone, wow, I'm back to being feeling better about myself, right? But we know there's a healing process, there's some pain process, things that come, but it's for our benefit. And so we want a healthy heart. We have to be obedient and submit to his word. His word is for our benefit. His word is for our instruction. His word is for us to give us guidance and direction in our lives. I want to encourage you to realize that nobody else can give you instruction in your life that's more benefit than what God has for you. You can read a, whole, a lot of self-help books, a lot of good-help books, but if you never read the good book, you're missing out on all that he has for you. I want you to know that this word that he gave, this same logos, is the same word that Christ is. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And nothing was made without him, for all things was made through him and by him. And we go later on, the word became flesh. And we beheld him. We saw him. And he was glory upon glory, grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy. And this same word, look at this same word, wants to get in your heart. Behold, I stand at the door knocking. Will you let him in? Because it's no good unless he gets in. And once he gets in, he's going to start working on you and working in you and start cleaning you up and changing you as only he can. Will you let the word? And once you let the word, it's amazing how your, health starts getting, how your heart starts getting stronger and healthier, and you feel brighter, you feel stronger, you feel wiser because you realize that it was because of my diet, and my diet is his word. So if you want to be a healthy disciple, you need to have a healthy heart. In order to have a healthy heart, you need the word. Will you let them in? Have your head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come right now, just thank you, Lord, for your word. And, Lord, we want to welcome your word in our hearts. We want to welcome the word, our Lord and our